All right, what's up, everybody? Been a while since I've uh, done the podcast here. Um, been publishing other places. Got a real, I guess, vulnerable thing to talk about here. I, well, I'm just experiencing something in real time, and I want it documented. So here we go. Yeah, so I've been under a curse of scarcity uh, I guess, you know, the majority of my life and man, a lot of people don't want to admit of oh, curse, you know, it just sounds so bad. And it is, I mean, it is bad. Uh, I think I've said it a number of times, you know, people identify what the ideal is and then like pretend like that's who they are instead of finding out what they are and then bridging the gap. So, I think to be really blunt and accurate that there's been a curse, a scarcity curse over my life. Uh, I think it's over, I don't know, maybe the majority of Americans, human beings' lives, you know. Very few people come out of it, you know. Uh, But I'm determined. Bound and determined. So a guy just died. His name's Bob Proctor. I read his book. One of the, I don't know, it might have been the first book I ever actually read. And it was amazing. It's called Born Rich. If there's anything I remember out of it, which I remember quite a bit, it's amazing. But he said, you know, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. So I don't know if he goes into this, but my whole thing is, People think they hear that and they're like, okay, and it's hard for a rich man to, you know, the kingdom of heaven and the eye of the needle and all that. So people think, well, my strategy for being uh, moral and not evil or going to heaven and not hell is uh, an income target. Of course, they're unclear on what the target is, right? You know, it's just like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be rich. And that's my strategy as if that's what pleases God. But then there's the story of the talents and the poor one was cast into the lake of fire. You know, so what? Does the Bible completely contradict itself and need to be tossed out because it's not congruent? Well, that's a conversation that I'm not unwilling to have. However, I do believe that's that's false. I, I think that the Bible does not contradict itself. It has to be reconciled. When you see two seeming contradictions, you need to find out what what is it, you know? What is it? And uh, something that Bob Proctor said in his book. You know, and I haven't repeated this much, but this is really good. <laughs> You want to hear what it is? Some people love money and use people. And some people love people and use money. I'm telling you right now, if you don't have money, you're not using money. You're not. You're a slave to it. I think we have a moral obligation to obtain money. 
I don't know how much. I guess it's different for every person. But through the things I've been through, being under a curse of scarcity and uh, drug addiction, so you'd think that the scarcity would go away when the drug addiction goes away. Well, I've been off drugs for nine years. And the scarcity around money didn't go anywhere. But here's the deal. When you have money and you use it to help people, a lot of people think you can just throw money at a situation and it'll take care of it. Now, money is a very, very useful tool. But it requires, when, it, when there's a, an issue, you can't just throw money at it. You need money plus observation. You need to watch it happen. You know, make sure it happens the right way. You can't just throw money at something. Let me give you an example. Uh, drug addict. I've got some experience with it, right? A hypothetical drug addict. Doesn't have any money. He's on the street. Starving, whatever, you know. Complete, complete, utter despair. Well, the average person is going to see that person there in their despair and feel bad, and then give them money. That's the worst thing you can do, because they're just going to go buy drugs, and they very well could overdose, right? So, it's not simple. It's complicated, right? There's multiple levels of analysis when it comes to using money to love people. There's nuance. And... I guess I got the revelation today that like to really use money to help people, you have to have an experience, a real life experience that nobody can take away. Like I, I like of knowing how detrimental money can be to somebody that doesn't have a good relationship with it. So I do believe the suffering that I've endured for so long was a training ground to take on a massive amount of money. And uh, I staked a claim about a month ago that I wasn't going to live in scarcity anymore. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, I haven't had any substantial amount of money between then and now. I would say on a pure numerical perspective I'm as low as I've ever been you know just straight like quantitatively but qualitatively as far as the quality of my life something did shift it shifted and I it's it's there's multiple things that I'm doing to keep that mindset of abundance I mean I'm talking exercise diet waking up instantly not no snooze button, no anything, you know, prayer, you know, specifically praying about that, about breaking those chains of uh, of poverty, uh, affirmations, meditations. I mean, it is a one hundred percent lifestyle switch, and the fear, the fear does creep back in. Uh, but it's 
it's like I've changed the vessel, you know, I think with my, with my health and just what I'm doing, it just doesn't, the fear is just not welcome in me. Like, you know, the neural pathways have been formed, you know, and grooved into who I am. The thoughts and the emotions that come from scarcity around money is, uh, is hardwired, has, was hardwired into my brain. And now it's just the default, the, I mean, the default emotion. That's always what, whenever I'm thinking about whatever, that's always in the back of my mind. And that's what I would default to. Like, what am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about that? And uh, it's been that way for years and years and years. Making a lot of money, making a little money, making next to nothing, all that. And I'll tell you, for me to see it clearly, I've always prayed that God would just give me money because money would solve the problems because I could say, okay, I owe this on this and I want this to obtain the fulfillment and joy in life, you know, this thing or whatever. I'm not even that into things, but whatever it is, just a, a, a car that's not broke down or whatever, you know, like these are things needed for an acceptable life. And money buys those things. Therefore, if I have money, then I can step into a fulfilled life. And, you know, that's a perfectly reasonable way to look at it. But it's just not complete. It's not. Because if you, the way that you associate with money is toxic, then there's no amount of money that's going to make it better. It's actually going to make it worse. So I'd see now how much of a answered prayer the unanswered prayer was i guess it wasn't an answered prayer cuz i didn't pray for it but i do pray i do pray that god uh keep me you know that god keep me right god's got a a spotlight on us every one of us and that spotlight consists of a lot of things you know just living according to his word denial of self under the spiritual authority that he demonstrates 